you have your Bible, Psalms 34 is where we want to go this morning. Talking about being thankful all the time. I got to go to a Pacers game last night with a retired funeral director friend. I know, it sounds like a lot of fun, funeral director. And, but I always joke with him and say, you put the fun in funeral directing type thing. And uh, we got to go over, and uh, it was late when I got home last night, about 11.30, which is no, no real big deal. And, but I noticed something. It's kind of one of those things. Uh, I'm not big into professional sports. I'd rather watch high school, maybe college. When they start getting paid bunches of money, I think they should play better all the time, but it's this me. But when they got ready to introduce the Pacers, you know, when they do the visiting team, it's now starting at guard number 14, Junior Shaw, you know, just real monotone. Well, then it was time for the Pacers. All the lights go out. All of a sudden, there's fireworks going off inside this building. Lights are going everywhere, and I'm going, how cool would that be? For when I got up to preach, if fireworks started going off and smoke and the lights, and I'll take a little smoke. I mean, that's just, you know, on the stage. I think it'd be cool. It was fun. We had a good time. But today, we want to talk about being thankful all the time. And, you know, I talk about, you know, the, the smoke and the fireworks and all that. But, you know, one of the greatest privileges and honors that I get is preaching every week. Uh, getting to open God's word and just letting go of what God has given to us through his word. In fact, Psalms 34, 1 says this, where we just want to start off today. The psalmist says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. At all times, he says. So let me ask you a question as we kick this off this morning. Do we ever praise the Lord enough or give thanks too much? Is it possible to praise God too much or thank him too much? I'm going to say probably no, never. You don't care what's going on in our life. You see, I think Thanksgiving is a great opportunity and a great season for us just to stop and to be thankful to God for the never-ending things that he does for us, things he gives to us, even in times of good and times of bad, when he, we receive or when he takes away from us. You know, a lot of you know I'm leaving today to go to Hayworth to do the funeral for a friend of mine, 63 years old, just turned 63, died of cancer, you know. So I'm going to go do that funeral. And how, how sad it is, you know, I'm heartbroken, but I also know he was a believer. He was one of my deacons. He served God faithfully. And a lot of things that I read online was how the mentor he was, just not on the fire department, but the God he served. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, so I get to get up and talk about that. So being thankful all the time. There's a story about a Sunday school teacher who was teaching, I think it was fifth or sixth grade down, and he asked the kids, or she asked the kids, what are you thankful for? Well, one of the little boys raised his hand, and he said, I'm thankful for my glasses, that I wear glasses. Well, they kind of thought for a minute. It's like, well, most people his age aren't thankful for glasses. In fact, they despise them. So they said, well, why are you thankful for your glasses? He said, really, two reasons. One, the boys don't fight me and the girls don't kiss me. So, you know, it is how you look at things. Some may ask this, what are we thankful for? I mean, what are we truly thankful for? See, sometimes it's the small things that mean the most, that make us thankful for the most. I was reading about Robinson Crusoe. I was had to be an illustration that was on something I was reading. If you remember Robinson Crusoe, he was shipwrecked on a lonely isle all by himself. And there's a whole big story about him. It's kind of cool. But he, as he was there by himself, he said that he wrote two columns, the good and the bad, of being there. 
And I just thought they were interesting. See, he was cast on this desolate island, but he was still alive. He hadn't drowned, and the rest of the ship people had. So he says this. He says, I had no clothes, but it was a hot climate where I didn't need them. He says, I was without means for defense, but saw no wild beast, just as he had seen on the coast of Africa. He said, I had no soul to speak to, but God had sent the ship so near to the shore that he could get all the things that he needed. So he concluded that there wasn't any condition in the world so miserable, but there was something positive to be thankful for. If you read more about Robinson Crusoe, you read that there was actually uh, people eating natives that came on the island and was doing all those kinds of things. But, you know, history and people use it. But I thought it was neat. You know, he was by himself, but he had God. He didn't have clothes, but he had a hot climate. He had a ship where he could get provisions and all the different things. So what about us? Do you only see the negative things in our life? Do we only concentrate on those things that come into our life and we say, oh great, here they come again? Or do we see the positive? Can you not find the positive things in your life for which to give thanks and praise God about? And I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just saying this is kind of a general thing in the world today. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that we read earlier, Paul says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And what it says is, if we're in Christ, all circumstances of life, we can be thankful. Or we can praise God in all circumstances. Understand, it doesn't mean we like every circumstance. It doesn't mean we like everything we have to do. It doesn't mean that it's always going to go our way. But we should be able to see the positive even within the negative. You see, the positive, the good, turns to praise to God from our heart. So why praise God? Why is it important that we praise the Lord? The question is, why not? Why not praise God? He blesses in so many ways, so why shouldn't we give that praise back to him for what God has done for us? Psalms 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So understand that. In verse 4, he says, the Lord has answered my prayers. That's something to praise God about. That when we go to him, I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. So if that's true, and we can thank God for those things, why are we not more thankful for those things. An old English publication offered a prize for the best definition of a friend. And among the thousands of answers received were the following. Somebody said, one who multiplies joys but divides grief. Another one says, one who understands your silence. But here's the definition that won the prize. It says, a friend, the one who comes in when the whole world has gone out. Think about that. That's a friend. The one that has come in when the world has gone out. Someone else said, you can always tell a real friend by this way. It says, when you made a fool yourself and he doesn't feel it's done a permanent damage in your life. You know, that's a good friend. Even though you made a fool yourself, it's not permanent damage. So do we have friends like that? I mean, do we have friends that say, you know, yeah, it happened. Yeah, it's kind of foolish, but no permanent damage. You can move on. A friend that we can depend on. A friend who believes in you no matter what happens to you. 
And then maybe you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I've got friends, but do I have that good friend? I'm going to say, you do have this kind of friend. The scripture says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He, God, delivered me from my fears. So understand, God is more than just a faithful friend. He is a friend indeed. But he is more than just a faithful friend. He hears us when we pray and he answers our prayers. He delivers you from difficult situations. But understand, we may ask for direction. We may ask for help. And God says, here's where I want you to go. Here's what I want you to do. You need to take these steps. And he says, then you'll get through this, no problem. But so many times we hear, I want you to go here. I want you to do that. I want you to go to this direction. And what do we say? Don't really want to do that. I don't want to go talk to that person that I've had an issue with for the last two years. I don't want to go fix the problem. I don't want to go do what I have to do. And you know what God's saying? Go here, do that, go this way, you'll get through it. So he hears it and he gives us the answers. We don't always listen to those answers. Could you think of some situations that could have been far worse had it not been for God's help, God's grace, God's mercy in our life? Matthew seven eleven says this. I love these verses in Matthew and John. Matthew says in seven eleven, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Catch that. He will give us good gifts when we ask him. John says in John 14, 13 and 14, it says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in your name, catch this, and I will do it. The scripture says, John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Please hear this. God is on our side and he wants to give us good things. He wants to give us good things to bless our life. And all we have to do is ask in his name. Now, okay, I understand that some of us have asked for that $6,000 four-wheeler, you know, that we've always wanted, or we have that gun that we've always wanted, or we have this certain car that we always wanted to drive, or, you know, those things in our life, and we keep saying, I keep asking. You know, I've said for years, I want a motorcycle. I'd love to ride a Harley. And it's not God that says no. It's his other one in command that sits to my right. <laughs> Who's a redhead? That you don't want to make her mad, you know. And I've said that for years, and it's a joke we have between us, and I'm too old now to start riding a motorcycle anyway, so that's you know, one of those deals. But, you know, understand it's the good things that we ask. And he answers those things, and we need to praise him. For you see also that God saved me from my troubles. He hears our prayers, and he saved me from my troubles. Verse 6 says, the poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him from all of his troubles. David says later in Psalms 34, 17 through 19, he says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He says a righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. You see, everybody experiences troubles in life. 
Everybody does. It doesn't mean that you're not a good Christian. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It just means that's what happens in life. Life happens. And we all have these troubles. It's because we live in this fallen world. It's because Satan is the prince of this world and sin and evil are there and all kinds of negative things happen. So we're going to have troubles. In fact, A.W. Tozer, and I love A.W. Tozer, said it this way. He said, the fallen man has created a perpetual crisis. It will last until sin has been put down and Christ reigns. He says, until that time, the earth remains a disaster area and its inhabitants live in a state of extraordinary emergency. We all have those troubles. So what kind of troubles do we have? What kind of troubles do we experience in life? Just think about it. I mean, we go through life and we all get turned down for jobs that we wanted. Or maybe you get fired from a job. Or maybe you lose a good friend or you... you loan money to a friend and you never got it back. Maybe you're in an accident and you've been in the hospital and all those things. We experience health problems. We get sick, but yeah, we do get better. Our family, our kids sometimes cause us trouble. You know, we all have those things. So I suspect that we could all sit and we could get on a round table and we could all make these lists of troubles that we've had. These troubles that we've experienced in life. And it wouldn't be hard to do. We could list them all. But I also think you could make that list, and then on another whiteboard or whatever, you could make a list of God's blessings and praises the same way. There's a story by a 73-year-old lady in England who was fined for going south in a northbound lane highway. It is said she remarked to the officer, she goes, I thought something was wrong. The traffic seemed to be coming the wrong way. You know, and I've always said, if traffic's coming the wrong way, check your direction. You know, if all these cars are coming at you, you're probably doing something wrong. And sometimes that's the way life is. It always seems like the traffic is coming the wrong way, doesn't it? That we just seem to have trouble after trouble. But then what Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, where just says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. He says, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Another story I heard about Sunday school teaching his kids about uh, this yoke around our neck, and he asked, well, what is this yoke? One of the kids says, it's something that goes around an animal's neck. So he asked, well, what is God's yoke? And he says, well, that's Jesus' hands around your neck. You know, and sometimes that's kind of the way it feels at times. It's not a bad thing, but God's there, and we think nothing else can happen, and everything's bad, and all those things happen, and God's hands are maybe a little too tight, but maybe it's not the way it is at all. You know, God's yoke is easy, it says. But I also want you to see this God desires to give us help in this life. Okay? God desires to give us help, to put his arms around us, to comfort us, to give us strength, to help us in life, to get through this messy life that we live in. That First Peter 5 says this, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's almighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. 
Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. One of the things this friend of mine said that just passed away, from the first time I found out that he learned he had cancer, esophageal cancer, to the time I saw him in a Peoria hospital, I didn't think he was going to make it out of the hospital. He was so bad. To the times he started his treatments, and the treatments were going well. The treatments weren't going well. He started in these trial you know, chemotherapies and all these different things. But I have all these texts from him saying, when he ended, God's got this. He goes, either way, I'm better off. Every one of them when I read through them yesterday. And that's what this is talking about. If God is for us, man, all these things are going to happen. Also catch this in Psalms 34, 7 through 10. God has blessed me with good. God has blessed us all with good. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may growl or may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Understand, God is good. God is good. And get this, he gives to us good stuff. I know that's not real theological. That's not real deep. But that's the way it is. He gives us good stuff. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Psalm 31.19, How abundant are the good things you have stored up for us, that you're keeping for us. For those who fear that you bestowed in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. David says again in Psalms 84, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk is blameless. He goes on talking about praising God in Psalms 102, that we can't forget his benefits and all the things that he does. And in fact, in 103.5, he says, Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Renewed like eagles. Think about what God has given to us. So let me ask you this as we close. I asked it at the beginning, but I'm going to ask you again. What good things has God blessed you with? What are some of those good things? I hope we take this week and just not this week, but we make it a practice year-round of remembering and realizing all those good things, the good things God has blessed us with. You see, I think we need to stop, and we need to think, and we need to consider all the good things that God has given to you, and we need to praise him. He says, I will extol the Lord at all times. I will praise him with my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me, he says. Let us exalt his name forever. Amen.